0: Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's ANGI.com. Welcome
1: to the Nerdist Podcast number 653. Um, let's go to the Nerdist Community Corkboard. board. Uh, well, before we go to the Nerdist Community Corkboard, I will say uh, next Sunday, which would be the, what is that, the 29th of March is the season finale of Walking and Talking Dead. Walking Dead will be 90 minutes. Um, sounds like some shit's going to go down, but I haven't seen it yet, so I don't know. But our guests are going to be uh, Scott Gimple, Norman Reedus, Melissa McBride, who plays Carol, and uh, and a surprise cast member, which doesn't always mean anything. We tried to break that pattern, so it doesn't always mean anything. Um, but it is a finale, so I'm guessing shit's going to go down. But who knows? But who knows? Uh, and obviously, uh, at midnight's on all this week. And now let's get to the Nerdist Community Corkboard. Board. Um, the Family Dinner is a comedy troupe in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. They do live shows, movie interruptions, and many, many other things. So go to Facebook.com slash Family Dinner Improv to find out. Also, Dave would like to plug his podcast, Superhero Speak. They talk about comic books and other comic-related news. You can find it at superheroespeak.com And the group that shall not be named, Inc., the world's largest Harry Potter fan club, is hosting Mysticon this May 21st to the 25th in, L- in Laconia, New Hampshire. I probably said that wrong, so please don't tweet him and go, It's pronounced Laconia. Uh... MistyCon is a fully immersive Harry Potter convention with over 100 hours of formal programming, special events, performances, all taking place in private resort that is 100% taken over by the convention. No muggles to be found, unless you're cosplaying as a muggle. Uh, Go to misty-con.org for more info. This episode of this podcast is our uh, our old friend Joe Lynch, who is a guy that I knew from G4. Really nice guy, uh, director. He's promoting the film Everly, which is available now on demand and pre-order for Blu-ray. Um, but, uh, but it's fun when, when people that you... Well, it's, I didn't really start at G4. Let's say I started my new life at G4. So in a sense, Joe and I kind of started together. And uh, of course, he knows Matt and Jonah as well for a long time. So we're very pleased that he has gone out and done good. Joe Lynch has done Good. So, uh, watch Everly when you can. Uh, Joe's an incredibly talented guy. And uh, now, the Nerdist Podcast, number 653, with our pal, Joe Lynch.
2: Now entering Nerdist.com.
1: You, I didn't know you worked in porn. What Everyone has to. Do you were an point. editor? You were a porn editor? When I
3: first came out here, there was no work at all. You know, so...
1: Which was what year? Uh,
3: 2003, okay. I guess. So I had come out here. Oh, is this the part where I say, are we recording now? This
1: is the <laughs> part. Sorry. someone turned the podcast off. On,
3: well, but sorry, but to go off on a tangent, maybe I'm just trying to divert from the porn job because uh, my mom is listening. <laughs> she knew all about it. She, she, she must did have my known, taxes. She must have done. Um, but... To, to side note, uh, you guys got me through a lot of shit. Really? Big time. When, uh, when I was in Serbia uh, shooting Everly, uh, this was the summer of 2013. Um, it's Serbia. Not, <laughs> n- not my town. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, like, I, I packed up my, my iPhone with every... I, I, I listen to podcasts incessantly. Everything. I. I from Marin to, you I'm not know, um, with I don't think you might have heard him, uh, to you guys, to everything on KCRW. Um, I mean, it's what inspired our own podcast. I was just like, I love listening to these great conversations. And the fact that you guys have such a kind of relaxed, familial, family sort of situation, it just felt like I was hanging out with a bunch of buddies. So that was the summer that you guys had, let's see, Hader and Joss, and I think Feige was in there. Um, it was a whole bunch of people that. You know, are, 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 I'm fans of, but it was more the the, the episodes where you guys were just kind of hanging out. It made me feel like I was at home. Like it, it, it got me over the homesickness. It yeah. really. And no, seriously, I'm seriously. It's not the just, one we
1: did all in Serbian, which probably just reminded
4: you exactly. Then, then, where then you I were. just started running in circles, yeah. going, "Jesus Christ, help yeah. me!" Yeah. And then when we reenacted and did an audio version of a Serbian film, that was <laughs> right. It was really you will no. Okay, all right. I, I'm I'm
3: amongst friends here. Half of my crew worked on the Serbian film.
4: Oh shit!
3: And the stories that I could tell are not safe for nerdist. Oh. At all. Come but I will. On. But I will tell NSFN. one. Uh, we're all we're all f- familiar with the cinematic classic that is a Serbian film. Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: Did
4: you you actually watched it? I have heard of it. Because okay. Of yeah, all, right. So all right. It's like everyone You're... saw the one clip of the guy getting his head bashed in.
3: But you didn't see the newborn porn part. No. <laughs> no. The what? Don't, don't, don't ask. Just Google it. I'm sure you'll, you'll find out. But okay. Katie, is, Google if you're, it. If you're familiar Katie, with... Don't. No, no, don't. No, no, Katie, <laughs> Katie. Do not do that. Um, but a lot of the crew, everybody out in Serbia, they love making movies. You know, there's obviously not a lot of films go out there, but, you know, they had uh, November Man and Three Days to Kill. So... Hollywood is slowly realizing that there's a there's a good marketplace. Hostel was out there.
5: there too, right? Uh, great marketplace. In for
3: theory, Nicholas yes. Grace in movies. production, no. There was uh, were no, they? Uh, that Which was Bulgaria, too? I
4: think.
5: Oh, okay. Yeah.
3: So, you know, you'd meet yeah. all these great people, and I had mentioned like, oh, a Serbian film, and they look at me like, you have seen Serbian film, and I'm like, I've seen many Serbian films, but I've definitely seen a Serbian film, and uh, and they looked at me like, are you?
0: Like, did, you su- did you survive?
3: <laughs> they 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 made it seem like this was like a rite of passage, you know, like if, oh. if or or you've been to war, you get the thousand yard stare after right. you've seen a Serbian film because the thing about that movie is that it's so beautifully shot. It really it's it's elegant. But a lot of the crew worked on, it, and they would just like look at me like, oh, oh. <laughs> that was a crazy movie. But um, one of the visual effects, no, one of the makeup effects guys, um, we had to construct these characters in Everly that are. I'm just going to keep using references left and right, but there's these four guys that were inspired by the, uh, the elements in Big Trouble in Little China.
1: Oh, the, the best. I can go on and on. Uh, the lightning guy was my favorite.
3: He's well, because he had those cool special effects that still look good red. today. They really, you know, do. those lightning effects on Blu-ray. Most most visual <laughs> effects that are like optical effects just don't look good. But then you would have those moments where he'd steal Kim Control, They'd slide up, and then the uh, the lightning would have a little Chinese character right before it goes. Oh yeah, yeah. And for years, I'd be like, "What does that mean?" And then I looked up and like, "It means nothing." It's just it's <laughs> something that, that uh, Richard Edlund, the guy who did the make the visual effects, was just like, "That ah, cool. That looks cool." But for years, I'd be like, that's such a great effect. So it's basically
1: just basically the equivalent of a drunk girl's tattoo. It, it's yes. a tramp stamp of the visual effects, if anything.
3: <laughs> um, but, but we had, you know, so I had to go meet with this visual effects guy who was deaf. So try having a conversation with a, a deaf gentleman about... These practical effects, and he would just nod his head. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'd be like, sorry. Right, so I'm looking for a kind of big trouble little. It turned into that moment when Jeff Bridges was like, you know, uh, explaining porn to somebody. Right. You know, like, I'm looking for something funny, like ordinary people's. You know. <laughs> and I'd be like, it's kind of big trouble in little China meets a little, you know, professionally, and he'd be like, uh huh, uh huh, and I'm, I'm like, I, he, I don't think he's getting any of this. Yeah. But then he, you know, then he started sketching it out, and it was perfect. I'm like, oh, okay. So then he's like, oh, so you like a Serbian film, right? I'm like. I don't know if one can constitute saying like a Serbian film. Did I endure it? Yes. Did I, you know, I guess respect the visuals. Yes. Um, can't say much more about that. He's like, let me show you something. So he goes over to his, uh, wide array of, of spare parts, body parts or whatever. Latex, body parts, silicone body parts. And he pulls out this like wrapped up. I'll be there in a second. Uh, he, he pulls out this like wrapped up bubble taped thing and he hands it to me. And I'm like, Oh, and I start to slowly unravel it. It was the baby
2: from the... Oh, door. no way. Aww. Yeah.
3: I, I, can, I can't say I didn't take a couple selfies with it. You know? Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> there, was, there was a makeshift uh, selfie stick that I yeah. popped it on and oh. started, you know, doing, <laughs> doing some puppetry. Um, <laughs> but it, it was... Katie,
1: seriously, what is that I, hammering? I no, ha- must it's, be upstairs. It's all, it's all those fans.
4: Because there's nothing beyond this wall, right? It's no, no, it's upstairs. It's upstairs. Oh, Kyle just went upstairs. Oh, Chris, no. you Chris, gonna oh, go yeah, throw your dick throw around? You gonna go throw that dick around, Chris? Stop hammering! Yes! They know you gonna and throw the, hard the work has around? has spoken. That was amazing, sir. It stopped. It worked? Somebody just went "Oh, Yeah, but it was Shit, like I'm not r- probably to- right at the moment where Kyle was like, oh, it'd be very nice if you could stop hammering just for you a moment. That- stop it! That
1: was the yeah. moment yeah. where Kyle's Kyle head <laughs> is at the door with a hammer. <laughs> you know, Chris, Chris just peeped
3: around at the moment and was like,
1: ah, and no. then Kyle Remory. <laughs> just good. sheepishly <laughs> gives a thumb yeah. up. <laughs> Sorry about you that, Kyle. Listen. You should listen to him. Were you made
5: asking them nicely? Uh, cool. Have
3: you ever been to Serbia? I have not been to Serbia. It's beautiful. Like, Belgrade is where we shot the movie. And, uh, and again, like... Part of the concept of Everly was that you could shoot it anywhere. It's a film that takes place all in one location. So when I would go into pitch meetings, I'd be like, hey, you can shoot it in Timbuktu. It doesn't matter where you shoot it. You know, like, it's cost-effective. We can do it anywhere we want. Didn't know that they were actually going to say, what about Timbuktu? You know, I, th- I just <laughs> thought like, hey, you know, we could probably get a place down in Venice or go up to you know, Northridge and just shoot it in a, in a warehouse. No, they you know, they, they Northridge, me... the
1: Serbia of Southern California. Yes. Pretty
3: much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, the newborn porn market there yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but you know, they wanted to give me as many days as possible to get as much as I could. And this was a you know, low-budget film. Uh, and they, they gave me two options. They said, you know, uh, I think it was Singapore or, um, or Serbia. So I, you know, I looked up both, and I'm like – Serbia seems nice, but it was also like, well, you can get 28 days in, in, uh, in Singapore or you can get 30 days in, in, in Serbia. I'm like, okay, those two extra days I know I'm going to be kicking myself later for not having. So right. I might as well go with Serbia. Um, so when I get there, uh, first thing I see is there's these women who are outside and they have babies attached to their breasts as they're breastfeeding and they're holding out their hands for money. And the ba- one of the babies actually kind of went... And, like, put their <laughs> hand out. Too. I'm like, that is good. Like, that, that yeah. is a slick touch. I've seen people, you know, use kids before, or dogs. Like, please feed my dog. You know, but they're using actual babies and, and breast milk, you know. Wow. Uh, unfortunately, my dollar was not good enough for them. They were just like, American
1: dollar. Gift. They didn't even want that. <laughs> Be
3: gone. But then we would drive through the city, and there's two parts of Belgrade. There's Old Belgrade and New Belgrade. Old, Be- Old Belgrade is um, really this is just beautiful old part of town with old buildings old architecture it also has all of the remnants of all the bombings that we did back in the late 90s so every time that we would drive past a cab driver without fail every time they'd go see that that was you oh Oh, shit without fail i was like on a day off i'm going to see elysium and and i was just like i need to just clear my brain i'm gonna go see some fucking sci-fi it'd be great and we passed about four buildings, and by the fourth building, I go. Oh, I know it was my fault. I got it. Sorry. Shit. And then we go into a conversation about Neil Blomkamp, like. Really? Like he actually drove around a little bit longer. He's like, "Oh, so what are you seeing?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm gonna go see Elysium." Oh, you mean the District Nine guy? I'm like, "Oh, wow, wow!" Well, he must be
5: excited about and Chappie. We, he sure is. I, I, well, we'll see. <laughs> you know, I don't know.
3: But, but the weird, Chappy. but the weird thing about um, Serbian theaters is, uh, are we already
1: on a Chappie tip <laughs> now? I'm sorry. it's, it's, uh, it's I'm not. I don't know what it is.
4: I guess I wasn't here for your Chappie jokes.
1: What? No, what the joke is or what the movie is.
4: I know the movie. I've seen the billboards and the trailer. I don't. I don't
1: know. know if you really know the movie if you've seen the billboards. Yeah, yeah. Short circuit. Short circuit. <laughs> Fuck RoboCop in South Africa. Yeah, that's basically think what Think we're is.
3: looking more short circuit. Yeah, yeah. You know, short missing Michael two? McKeon, of course. Oh, you know? of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but just to have a conversation with this person I've never met before in my life about movies. You know, and that's what this is all about. That's why I got into this. Was I grew up obsessed with movies. Like my first movie was. Sorry, Mom. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about this again, but my first movie was Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. She's going to be fine I was it. two. Aww. She couldn't find a babysitter. No, no joke. She was a big horror movie fan when she was a kid, so, you know, she was like, of course, naturally, you would bring your, your two-year-old to a movie that has the disclaimer, warning, this film is too intense for pretty much everybody due to extreme violence, you know? And, of course, my mom's like two please uh-huh. and I remember going I remember being in the theater you know so those moments that you'll, you remember when you know, Star Wars came out or um, you know seeing Jaws for the first or time Chappy. or Chappie yeah. or Chappie for the first time of yeah. course you know like wow robots. Uh, but I remember watching that movie and I, I don't know if you guys r- recall the film at all the Romero version um, but there's Quite a moment vividly. in the beginning of
4: the film <laughs> pretty I'm, much every I frame. Was, I was baiting Jonah right now. I'm like,
3: all right, let,
1: bring it on, brother. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I know you, you can one, talk day of the, the dead. One with Sarah the Polly? So, yeah. so it's Sarah Polly and Ty Burrell. and, <laughs> and, and, and Tom Cennini. Uh, yeah. Uh,
3: and there, there's this moment in the beginning of the film where this one zombie bites another zombie on the, uh, on the arm, right? And if you look very closely in the, mo- in the movie itself, projected on film, and then later on in the laser disc. You could see where Savini and his team went. We're good, and where the makeup yeah. stopped. You just see it like it's a quick moment. It's probably 18 frames, but you see, zombie, not zombie. Yeah. And I remember as a kid going, bullshit. Nah. Like, like sorry, the, you know, the mystique is gone. But it was like from that, and then Raiders of the Lost Ark back. Back in our days, because I know I can say that to pretty much everybody here, <laughs> remember when they used to have the, um, the production books when you used to go to the theater? You know, they would have like Raiders of the Lost Ark, the complete artistic guide or whatever, the complete yeah. production guide. And they would just, you'd open it up and immediately you'd go, oh, so the ball was made of styrofoam and, you know, Alfred Molina's not an asshole. And, you know, <laughs> and and he's how, British. That's, and he's British, of course. And, you know, the, and that's how you make the face melt and everything. But seeing all those. Elements And going like, oh, wow, this is movie magic. And I need to wear a baseball cap, dark sunglasses and have a beard. So immediately <laughs> upon maybe five or six, I started shaving. And, and that's where I am today. Um, but it was those dialogues that I had, you know, with people who couldn't even believe that I was watching these types of movies back then. It made me realize that you can you can start a conversation with anybody anybody you know you go to a starbucks or you go to comic-con or or anywhere and just be like hey do you you know battle royale and you can litmus test whether or not a they've seen it and b if they you know they go oh yeah that movie's great or c they go oh hunger games you know and then you go okay this conversation's over (laughs) but i slowly started to realize that Having cinema in my life was just such a, an easy way to kind of break out of feeling awkward in school or you know just feeling antisocial, so to speak. It was that one thing that I I knew, kind of like music as well. You know, maybe to a lesser extent. You know, we we started bonding over yeah. Fart Barf. You know, the band, band Fart Barf. Great
4: band Fart Barf. Oh,
3: you haven't heard Fart Barf? I, no. You'd
4: like them. You'd like them. Uh, three
3: three guys in in jumpsuits and Simeon. Uh, Masks Massive jumpsuits Simeon masks Play kind of 80's Carpenter-esque Like synth pop Yeah And it's fantastic Live amazing Uh, They did a music video recently That was kind of like A horror parody That was great Um, But it was I remember seeing something about Fart Bar from Twitter, and then Jonah and I, we all have this weird kind of G4 uh, connection.
4: Allman <laughs> G4 connection, G4
3: connection that, I'll, that I'll mention in a moment. but oh, I was there. I remember. <laughs> well, I remember when you, like I was a creative director at the website, and one day you came in my office just for a second you went, "Hey, Joe," and left, right? And then five seconds later, Weird Al walks by and goes, "Hey, Joe," and walks out.
0: Mm-hmm. what the
3: fuck <laughs> yeah. so random yet that made my year but that, that was like but it's one of those moments where I went like oh, I would never have that otherwise you know I would never get that chance you know it was it was it was a magical moment and, and I thank you for that well please
1: but, I'm, I'm ha- you know uh, you were uh, you were tucked away in the digital department yes yep. so uh, it wasn't you weren't in my normal lane of traffic because you were shooting something that day, I think he was shooting something with Al in the cl- like a closet that was like off to the side. Oh, yes, we were web shooting soup Web Soup, soup. soup. Yeah.
4: Yeah. The, finale. the season
1: finale. <laughs> where I we get trapped in a in a utility closet, <laughs> and it's a it's a flashback episode. Was, yeah,
4: flashback to all the episodes. Yeah, we did that year,
1: and uh, and and Sarah Underwood was in there, and I just remember some joke where I, uh, where I'm like, well, we're all alone, and she's like, and, and I go. You know, uh, I was on Singled Out with Jenny McCarthy and she goes,
2: Ew, how old were you?
3: (laughs) 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 But but again, like that's just knowing like that I had this connection with you from the singled out days, you know, because I, I remember when that show first came on, that was like you were us. You know, like, you you represented us, in a way.
1: What, guys who were largely ignored for more attractive
3: people? Yes. Okay. And then later on, when you were in House of a Thousand Corpses, I was like, holy fuck, there's Hardwick again, you know? Like, and you're working with Rob Zombie, this is fucking nuts, you know? (laughs) And then you got to do the the, ultimate, you know, the ultimate, Dr. Satan! But, like, shit that we quoted for fucking years, you know? And then, you know, when I was at G4, and then I think, yeah, it was right when Web Soup had started, and you'd, like, just walk past my office and went, was that fucking Hardwick? Holy shit, damn, he looks good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> whatever Whatever diet he's on, I, I want some of that. You Not know. the no booze diet. <laughs> <laughs> Not drinking till 4 a.m. and then eating half a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't, doesn't suit quite well God, for the yeah. social outlook. I spent so much money at Damiano's Pizza because they would deliver it to the oh, yeah. West Side and it was expensive. They would
4: deliver that far? Yeah,
1: but it was expensive. It was like 40 bucks for a pizza. Uh, Jeez. And I didn't really have much money back then, so I didn't care. And uh, and they would do it. And uh, and then a lot of times, I would I, I would see all these charges on my credit card from Domino's. I'm like, I didn't order Domino's. And I realized <laughs> they w- that I would get home hammered, order the pizza, pass out. They would try to deliver it, and I wouldn't answer the door, so they would just charge me anyway and take the pizza back. Oh, Jesus, so, dude, uh, yeah. Was the pizza good? I wasn't. Well, it was delicious when I yeah. was. When, when it was in your mouth, of course. Yeah, but you know. Damiano's got run out of. They, they got uh, shut down. Run out by, uh, by the animal guys. Yeah, because yeah, Fairfax, uh, that that stretch of Fairfax got all gentrified with uh, fucking high awesome end restaurants. And oh, high end like, smokers and stuff yeah, like right that. Right yeah. across the street, Damiano's yeah. was like. Damiano's was good but it was very dark and it was a place where you did not ever want them to turn the lights on Yeah, because it just had a There's weird a What was it like Pee Wee's Big Adventure and like all animals Yeah, like, yeah you know, pretty much
5: like yeah. There's a pizza place up there that uh, uh, the guys who I guess they're the animal guys too they don't No, it's the guys that own uh, uh, Chappies? Yep, Chappie's <laughs> Chappie's uh, Let's go to Chappie's For the <laughs> yeah. finest they own the, uh, I, they own the, I had my birthday They own the burger Chappies. place And the uh, And Kofax Which is a great breakfast place We want a breakfast burrito And then there's They have a pizza place I think called Prime Pizza That's fucking really good Okay like, so But so is it like pizza. New York style yeah. pizza? Really? Because yeah. there was
4: a place oh, on Melrose. New York style hey, pizza style hey, are fucking are you, fucking are you doing my pizza, my pizza. Some of that New, New York Chicago deep dish Philly style pizza Chicago, uh, pizza. you guys, uh, the, the, the
1: Bacchante. I really, I really set myself up for that one. <laughs> yeah.
3: God damn yeah.
1: it! Hey, bungalow. Uh, yeah.
3: Damn it! I really set myself up for that. Yeah, one. sorry, sorry. Just, sorry, sorry about that. We just—I should—I should. You should what you were talking about hey, burrito, burritos.
1: Burritos. <laughs> <laughs>
3: You're talking about Nothing with the I took a left I hand. was so tempted To bring a burrito with me How many times Has someone brought a burrito For the final moment Zero, Zero times. times Fuck <laughs> I sat there going I know fucking Bridges Did it at least The second or third time Like no. you know He brought a fucking No one No Nope Shit! All right. Well, hopefully in five years
5: I'll get the Joe Lynch returns. I, feel like actually, I will bring a burrito. For <laughs> Literally, everyone. the only time we've ever had burritos after a podcast was that first year at Comic Con when Matt Smith and, and Karen Gillen handed out burritos.
1: <laughs> no, that's not true. There was no. another time. There was another time when we went to Honest Taqueria in Boston. That wasn't all of us. Chris. No,
5: did I didn't go with you? you I did. never went with you.
1: I thought you did. No, no,
5: no. You just well, did it wasn't a tweet after up. a podcast. You did a tweet up. There. It was after a comedy show. You did a stand up. <laughs> Oh anyway, that was there. that was good. <laughs> Sorry, you guys but having nervous. that edict of enjoy your burrito, I
3: never like when I first listened to the show, I guess I, you know, I think this was like maybe the two hundreds or three hundreds, you know. <laughs> In the two hundreds era. era. But th-
5: yeah.
3: that time I guess you didn't explain it as much and it would just kind of come up at the end, and then I can't remember who it was that you explained it to, but then I went, fuck, that is such good advice. <laughs> now, to bring it back to Serbia. They don't have very good burritos out there. What? No. Shockingly, no. not very good burritos, but the fucking sushi is fantastic. That makes sense. Right?
1: Serbian sushi. You like to go to Serbia for sushi? I'm just mixing up all these. At. There's no way in. You just <laughs> can't Mere figure out Your accent doesn't accent. match. I'm tired of sushi. This woman, though, was my <laughs> this Hey, what thing, are uh, you doing with your sushi? Uh, like, it doesn't is that an Italian crab? Sense. Kind of. <laughs>
3: I just felt like I was in Belgrade <laughs> again, though.
1: Da, 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 da. Hey, I eat. Oh, you eat to my claw. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> so it's he's giving not, himself to. I grow on the back. It's no, okay. You, you
4: must have been really funny earlier in the day because it's all petered out. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm glad you saved yourself for me. I know, look, I know I'm not Prince, but uh, uh, hopefully I'm
5: appropriate. For Wait, them. are we getting Prince in the podcast? Oh, that'd be amazing. Come
3: on, I'm trying That's to do too. a callback Whatever. to a
5: couple weeks ago. No, but that'd be fantastic. If well, it really I would be. We wouldn't
3: want Prince, you know. I had to drive in, uh, this was like 87 or 88, and my mom, who was obsessed with Prince, she would tell me on a daily basis, I'm leaving your father for Prince. <laughs> and this was the Under the Cherry Moon era. Mommy's Mom, he's just going to sleep with you. Like, I, I even told her that. I'm like, he's just going to bang and leave. You right. know this, right? He probably... He's so small, he can crawl up your vagina. Right, you know, like you do realize that there are some limitations. I'm inside now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's probably right. <laughs> he was having a show at um, Madison Square.
5: <laughs> Get
3: off! <laughs> I can't help it. Ever since fucking Ackerman like, started doing that, I haven't, I haven't stopped listening to that album since you guys started doing that. <laughs>
1: so wait, so you, so what was this? Your, your so mom was upset. Going, your dad going into
3: friends. Telling telling my dad that she's gonna he, she's gonna leave him for Prince, scaring the shit out of everybody because Prince was the hottest thing going at the po- at that point. So we went into New York City um, to go to Madison Square Garden. This was like right before Ticketmaster kind of took over everything, and everybody had to wait at a video store to get tickets. So we had to drive all the way into New York City. Video we store?
4: Were, What's a? I, I video know. I know. T-
3: Sorry. <laughs> I, Calling my yeah, agent yeah. right now, <laughs> um, but we went to Madison Square Garden. That's where you had to have it. And for some weird reason, I was obsessed because I was in New York City. I, I had this obsession over getting a Freddy Krueger poster. I, I don't know where it came from. So my mom was obsessed with Prince. She had to get a fucking tickets for Prince. And I was on a one track mission to get. And this was Friday. No, no, I'm sorry. Nightmare two. Like in between Nightmare mm-hmm. two nine, Well, Freddy's the like Prince Nightmare of child three. murdering.
0: Hey, he's the bastard son
3: of a thousand children. Yeah, you know, yeah, like,
4: yeah. or maniacs or whatever. A bastard uh, son of a thousand maniacs. Yeah, uh, the bastard it. son of ten thousand maniacs. Drummer, the band. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a ba- he's a bastard son of nat- Natalie Merchant. <laughs> yeah. That that would be a, was a Amanda Kruger like, Yeah, Amanda did. Kruger
1: was played by Natalie Merchant. <laughs> Tell that
0: to
3: the Platinum Dunes guys. I'm sure they'll work that <laughs> into, into the next remake. <laughs> yeah. That's
1: that's what. Oh, that's why she came up with the song "What's the Matter Here" because she was all about her son Freddie Cougar, who was abusing children. Ooh. Oh. Okay, we need to get Michael Bay on the phone. Abusing. Right. <laughs> yeah, very, very nice right. way of saying <laughs> that. Michael Bay. Weirdly enough,
3: I found that motherfucking poster. Like, nice. It was in Fort because that was when Forty Second Street. It was all you know bodegas, yeah. which. I learned later that we're all drug fronts, thanks to Half-Baked. I, like, I had no fucking clue, I was just like, there's a lot of stereos here, this is amazing! Mm-hmm. And they would have all those, you know, they would just have posters in the back, and shockingly I found one. And uh, so we went home very happy, because my mom got Prince tickets, I got a Freddie poster, and the the only other thing I can remember from that trip is, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty, I was, I was a pretty innocent gentleman back then, and we're walking down 42nd Street and my mom goes, She saw one of the ladies of the night strolling around and she goes, do you know what that is? I'm like, no. She goes, that's a prostitute. Do you know what that is? I'm fucking 11. And I go, is that some kind of Democrat? <laughs> I had no clue what a a prostitute was, or b what a Democrat was at that point. It was I was probably Until watching the news she got one for you like to, yeah. to make your and man. then it was just like yeah. you know Harmony Corine and his dad with kids. He got she got me a hooker, and the rest is history. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> and that's where the career was born. Thank, thankfully,
1: <laughs> I'm so curious about how you ended up, uh, like what what your time in the pornography. Uh, oh,
3: we're going it, back to that. Well, it, it was you, 28 you... days, and Later. I'm going to tell you a story of. Oh God, am I gonna tell this story? Oh fuck. I'm sorry, Katie. You might have to cut this out. Okay. So I got this job. It was the only job I can get at the time. And the cruel cool irony of it was they gave me at the time it was a G4 power book, like power tower or whatever. It was like one of those really fancy Mac uh you know. Mirador
5: drives or
3: it was the power PC, you know, but it was that and it was a 20-inch screen and everything. It was like I could be making features on this thing. No, I'm looking at gaping assholes for the next eight hours or whatever. Right? Yeah. It was was Quicksilver at the time. Uh, and the way that they had it all positioned is it's this one very dark, very lonely room that you, that they have seven or eight guys in all the corners, just sitting there up against workstations and just cutting away. Right? No one says a word, right? There would be the occasional moments where someone would be like, and they would like stand up and go to the bathroom for about four or five minutes, and they,
5: you didn't never. Oh, for
3: research? Yes, research. I'm you know? curious. Yeah.
5: Is there like an edict from them of like uh, the formula to cutting porn? Yes. Of like you want this, this, then this, yep. then this, that long on that? There, it's very. It was a very strict formula. Uh-huh. That uh, it was. It's
1: blowjob conolingus two positions come shot I used to have a uh, yeah, yeah I, that, I had
5: that it that I had it out sadly in like a,
4: all beef patties <laughs> pickle, Use <a> special sauce <laughs> Special sauce is the last thing yeah
3: <laughs> the lettuce cheese was actually uh, a, a synonymous on your sesame Cleveland seed ste- buns yeah, yeah, yeah. it was actually a Cleveland steamer <laughs> that, but yeah. it really
4: works
1: <laughs> it really. oh my god you guys Burger King I, I wanted porn. real formula <laughs>
3: so, <laughs> no no all they would say was they would give you a mini DV tape yeah because all the guy would do yeah. like the director would just shoot 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 and that's it and all all I would say is, take out the pussy farts, <laughs> take out and take out the direction. That was the only formula that I had, you know. Huh. Or, oh no, and also chaplains have
4: to do the same sorry. thing.
3: <laughs> I had to make sure that, that every, every oh, project was, was cool. crap, you know. It,
1: <laughs>
4: oh, crap.
3: <laughs>
1: Shappy two queefs. What what they're taking out, though, is just a card that says brap on it. (laughs) It was more of a. (laughs) (laughs) So,
3: so to bide the time, I started collecting all of these bloopers, right? Ah. Bloopers of guys who looked like Jason Statham who would inject their dicks to get hard.
4: Oh, no. Bloopers, is that when a girl shits on you?
3: What, no, that's no, a blumpy. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She said that I was yeah, yeah, so yeah, quick yeah, yeah. to know that. <laughs> a blo- but if there was a blumpy blooper, I think we would have... I, I love TV's about. Blumpies and Practical
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Every time Dick Clark would just drop yeah. one on Ed, oh, it'd be
5: fantastic. Uh, Ed, I'm going <laughs> to blow you now while you shit.
3: Hua. <laughs> 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 um, so, you know, so they would have all these guys, and no one would talk to each other, and you would just kind of, you would be handed a stack of DV tapes by this really, so such a sweet old lady who would come, like, not come, she would approach your desk. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm not going to drop, uh, I'm going to fall into that joke, but you would come over by your desk, ew, and she would hand you some tapes, and then you would just, put, you know, uh, digitize it, cut it all up, and then you would export it. And... Everybody who was there was just kind of used to it. Like you, would just you just become desensitized. I would actually put a, a post-it on the top of my screen, so I would focus on that instead of looking at the the worst atrocities I've ever seen. Does it make? Sexually. S- does it make having sex like? I would go home every night, and my wife would even if she like looked at me funny. I'd go get the fuck away from me.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like, get, like I'm so sorry.
3: This sounds awful, but I I would I'm only gonna disappoint yeah. you. I turned so. off
4: four times at work today. I'm no use to you, dude.
3: My sex drive went to nothing. Like, yeah. it, was, it was just I, Did I, you, went, I. I went. I got an innie. Essentially, yeah,
5: yeah. I, I like, had all those worked. other did in the uh, ice cream store, and then I just didn't want ice cream, yeah, right? Right, yeah. this
3: is too much ice cream, right? That's a, that's a lot of cream, that's a, yeah.
5: way too much cream for me. Yeah,
3: uh, Actually, uh, I, be, I, I, beca- I became sexually lactose intolerant.
1: <laughs> no, in you way. should, <laughs> maybe
3: it'll, <laughs> so, work it'll work for him, it worked for Sam Malone. Oh. So, there was a guy, um, the, the guy that I was talking about before, the one with the Emmy, right? This guy with the you know, Emmy was our supervisor, and uh, and his whole big claim to fame was that he worked on Enterprise, right? And everyone was like, oh my god, Enterprise, that's amazing, wow, you're a genius. Well, the worst of the Star Trek franchise. Well, yes. at the time, though, it was still like, "Oh, give it, give Bacula another season. He might, he might turn this thing they around." They did start to pull it out, right? In season four. Uh, speaking of pullout, uh, so hey. one day, hey, hey, hey. so I'm on your back, Hilo. on my twenty eighth day, uh, so I can claim that I, I spent twenty eight days later on this. Um, they handed me, uh, they handed me all my tapes, and I'm sitting there and trudging through, and there was this gentleman that. We all, no one ever spoke to each other. It was just one of those things where it's like, you know, it's probably better off if we just don't talk like this. Not something that you sit over by, you know, the, the water cooler. Yeah. Like, so how's your day going? Yeah. Oh my God. The dish that i the- had
4: to cut today. <laughs> you should see this Dutch angle I'm working on.
1: <laughs> like <laughs> You should see this montage. Oh my God. The mise-en-scene in this shot. Yeah. I'm working on this uh, queef supercut. <laughs> all of the ones that were taken
3: out. So all the ones that we had. To- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, not a lot of conversation going on, but there was this one gentleman who was just... Silent Bob. He was the guy on the couch, right? Like no one ever talked to him. He would just come and do his thing and that was it. Every once in a while you'd hear somebody go like, oh, shit. You know, like, and then there people would be like, oh, what? You know, and there would be a curiosity involved because it would take a lot for anybody to say, oh, shit, and then make everybody go over there and, and look like, how does that? Like everyone's twisting their necks like, how does that happen? Like how do people actually <laughs> do, perform like that? So – um, so one day, we're all there, it's silent, and then you heard from Mr. Silence, oh my God. Within three seconds, everybody crowded around sure. like, you know, it's like a dirty limerick, this I gotta see, you know? <laughs> so... Now, if you're familiar, and this goes back to the formula, uh-huh. you know, you, if if we're all aware of the uh, adult entertainment, you have to have something called the uh, pop shot or the sure. money shot sure. or the climax. You know, right. every good film needs a climax. Well, porn does too. Right. Um, you need to have a climax in every single scene or it, or it doesn't become a scene. It doesn't go out. You don't get paid. So if by some chance, you know, Fre- Frederick fast and hard Doesn't you know Quite get it up Or he comes too early Or whatever Then you have to f- You have to go back And find A Compatible dick To fit into that shot So that oh. So you usually You'd have to go back To Frederick's old uh, Filmography You know If, if you Oh will, crazy And find something That kind of fits So There's You know You need to have that So here's the scene unfolds It's a scene You know You're t- atypical It's in the valley It's a pool scene and we're getting to the climax and the un- the the uh female in the scene the the actress in the scene um is fellating our our star so to speak and uh finishing off the scene and we're like okay seen this a million times what's the big deal he goes just wait so oh boy. uh so he pulls out and he's going to climax and it was like crimson tide he sprayed blood all over oh her my face. god how why and immediately, the what? guy behind me goes, syphilis! No! It
2: gets
1: worse. It it's, gets worse. It's pretty bad at this point.
5: It gets worse. Guys, I'm so fucking hard right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's funny, because that guy behind me said the same thing. I'm like,
3: no, I don't want to hear that right now behind me. Sorry. <laughs> So you know, and and the worst part—well, this is not the worst part. One of the worst parts is that the girl kept her her eyes closed, so she had no clue. So she's just like, ah. no. she's going like, paycheck, paycheck, paycheck. No. I just got to fill out a form, and that's it. She had no clue, Ugh. and then the tape ends, and everyone's did exactly what we all did. Oh shit, damn! And then did the your phone ring, and someone goes, seven days? I, I wish they did, because I w- I wanted to kill myself afterwards. Oh. And then the supervisor comes out, of course, clutching his Emmy. And he's like, what's going on here? You know, And puts it down. And, <laughs> st- you know, like, oh, show me the scene. So we show it to him. And we're all looking at him like, so what happens? Like, does the guy have to go back and try to find something? Like, because this was, oh, this, the other thing was, this was a new, uh, a, a new female. So we couldn't find the actress that would be compatible with the guy. The guy had been working for, like, at least a year, right? Oh. I, I remember because I would go over there and go, like, I know that dick. Um, <laughs> So the guy goes So the supervisor goes like Oh Okay He treated it like It was like a glitch You know like Oh shit That's uh, 23.98 Not 22.7 right. So he goes "Oh, Send me the shot So (laughs) No he's
4: gonna color correct it
2: No No No
5: 30 minutes later (laughs) He just starts coming The NX-01 It's just 30 minutes later, interviews. thanks to Adobe After Effects,
4: <laughs> that crimson spray turned a pearly white. <laughs> That might be the most disgusting thing that's ever happened on this podcast. I, I knew oh I would shit. make
3: an impression. I knew I would make an impression.
4: Holy shit. And I'm, then... I'm, no, I'm, I'm there going,
3: <laughs> going, Is this allowed? Like, is this... Like, this is... Now, this was right before there was this big disease scare in, like, the industry. Did someone
1: warn? Did someone okay. give that girl a heads up?
5: Well, g- gave her a head something. That's, I don't know, but... Hey. uh <laughs> like to imagine he went back in and pulled out his own files and just made him he shoot a went... phaser out of his dick.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting laser beams and shit like lightning bolt, lightning oh, bolt. You know? Emmy, bro. That would have been at least – then he would have justified his <laughs> Emmy. So he he sends the shot back and we are all sit there like, are you fucking kidding me? And then I went back to my desk and went, I know this guy. And I looked at the previous tapes and – because the thing is you're supposed to get tested. You have to get tested. He didn't get tested. And I looked back in my log and he had been working – on because that was like say you know August thirteenth I went back to my desk and looked at all the tapes and went oh my god that guy worked on nine thirteen nine seventeen ten one he worked on at least eight uh. projects after that
1: why wouldn't someone have reported him Ex- after-
3: that's what I said and I was like I'm done like if yeah. I ever needed an excuse to get the fuck out that it's not worth it for the money and we were fucking broke i was like that's it like i'm 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 done you know like i have a very questionable moral line but that was where it, it crossed it you know oh, so that was oh. that was my
1: short stint in porn and, that's uh, and so i've brutal. never looked back so that is but it got you uh, to pursue
3: it pushed me out and said you know what it it, it might have been easy to you know to collect a paycheck or whatever but just keep going you know so i just when I was
2: in
4: New York... <laughs> uh, you know, i really like, quick. Uh, not to throw you under the bus, Matt, but you've be been smiling same. this entire time, and it's creeping me the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you've like barely reacted to one of the most horrible things any of us have ever heard of.
5: Well, I mean, it just... It, that tracks with me of like what they would do. That all just tracks.
4: Not so much talking about the change in the color, just more of the fact that a guy syphilis all over a girl's face, <laughs> and then Don't continue make it to work. verb. Got <laughs> Don't syphilis, verb. Holy sifter. Yeah, syphilis. Verb syphter.
2: No. Uh, I, I'm oh, sorry, I'm lady,
5: weirdo. I'm so sorry, Katie. Yes. I'm so so sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry if I. Uh, You've
1: heard worse. <laughs>
5: Not, <laughs> but I'm just saying. Like I'm sorry if like I'm not surprised by the moral compass of the guy coming on the girl's face. So that he would do that
4: with syphilis. It's, of course, he not, would. Have you have I really wanted that? my you mom to listen guy to this episode. Blood on a girl's face. No.
5: What? I mean, I've not heard of it. Just, I mean, I've heard of it now, now that Joe's here.
4: Just, this is really weirding me out. <laughs> <laughs> he, was like, he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, they, and then they killed babies. Okay, I can see that. <laughs> but I mean, it's not outside the moral compass for these people to kill babies. You can be affected by they, they have, really. I mean, they have a business. Okay, so, so to recap
3: already, be, we've talked uh, newborn porn. We've gotten bloody spooge out of the way. Yeah. Uh, so we're... we're, we're Going down a very good course, I feel.
4: Yeah. Um, I do. I, I, and I've brought it up, I think, a couple times where I've always waited for you to be on the podcast to uh, have you talk about it. But how much can you talk about what went down with Nights of Bad Oh, I don't give a fuck now. You guys can ask whatever. Well, I want you to just oh, tell shit. a story about how, like, everything because oh, it was... I just opened up Pandora's box. Yeah, yeah. I did. Well, you know, with that said, I just uh, it's, well, look. Uh, You've you told me some stuff here and there in piecemeal, and you always uh... and
5: now I'm going to react. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> and now, now I'm just going to get
3: grumpy face. You know, talk, talk about the Brooklyn Bloodline, I'll get really happy. Uh, yeah, but then now, you talk that about money wait, I thought it was
1: the Brooklyn spooge line. <laughs> or uh, come on, guys. Oh, it's an
5: immediate God. callback. It's
1: a good one. <laughs> Too soon, I bro. liked
3: it. I appreciate it. Uh, all right, Nights a badass. Him. Uh, it started out with the best of intentions. You know, when you have uh, when I read the script, I was like, "This is this is a movie for me." You know, but I didn't see like the way that it was written. Uh, Matt Wall and Kevin Dreifuss, uh these two producers who worked on this at this one company, wrote this script. It was a passion project for them, and uh, and when I read it, I went. All right, this is everything that I love in movies. You know, it had it it felt like an adventure movie. You know, everyone kept saying when they were pitching it like it's a horror comedy. I'm like, it is, but it's more of like do you remember in the eighties when like romancing the stone was out where you'd have a little bit of everything. You'd have, you know, action and, adventure drama and, romance, and romance, you know, yeah. a little bit of horror. Like, my God, that ending of Romancing the Stone when the fucking crocodile bites yeah. his hand. That's that's not PG thirteen. It's not that's a out loud moment. That's that's series R rated moment. You know, and it, I remember it really affecting me. But the fact that Zemeckis was able to balance everything out—he's a master at that. You know, able to balance all those different genres into one thing. But it felt to me it was a, its own genre. It was an adventure movie. So I, I went in and pitched it as a, an adventure film, and uh, and it was we were we were on board. It took. God, like almost three years to get the the kind of the ship sailing. You know, at that point, I started in two thousand eight. We didn't know two thousand seven, two thousand eight. We didn't we didn't actually shoot until two thousand ten. And at that point, I mean, you know, we got Dinklage was the first on board, and this was right uh, right before he went to go shoot Game of Thrones, which fucked us later on. So I love me some Game of Thrones, but they can also go fuck themselves because they stole my actor. (laughs) Um, But we had Dinklage, and then from Dinklage. Everybody just kind of fell into place. Um, you know, Quentin came on, and Steve Zahn came on, and Summer Glau, and Jimmy Simpson, I mean, Danny Pooty. I, I, I really, I was like, I am the luckiest guy in the world. I have, you know, the Ocean's Eleven of Comic-Con. You know, like, this was, to me, this was this was my my, my way to say, I love this genre, you know, with all these actors. And everybody was on board. Um, I, I told the story before, I think at Comic-Con, when... Um, when we got everybody together, it was very important that we had LARP training, you know, because half the cast didn't know what LARPing was. Um, so we had these uh, experts from California go up to uh, go up to where was it? Um, Spokane, Washington, and give LARP training. So you know, imagine like, you know, you have Steve and Summer and Ryan and uh, uh, Tom Hopper, who was Gunther at the time. who's on Black sales now, you know, all these people and Dinklage. And everybody's holding a foam sword. You know. And then the guy's like, okay, everybody, let's just spar a little bit. And they put everybody in a circle. And I guess everybody was just kind of turned to their partner and just start,
4: <laughs> ow, Ow! okay, you know,
3: point. <laughs> Dinklage took it upon himself to basically put himself in the center of the room. And I swear to God, he went, flap, 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 flap. Dropped the sword and went, Narnia. <laughs> in in that perfect peter deadpan like not even a wink a- and he just went over to his table and like started taking a drink like all right motherfuckers i just mic dropped you know it was amazing everybody was so on board with this movie and then um it's slowly just starting to unravel, like it was like that bottle. Um, like when we first, you know, the movie was made by this company called Indievest, and it's a company that goes out to like basically find investors from all walks of life, with the promise that if you invest in this movie, you get to be on set, you get you know name in the credits, you get to go to Sundance, you get to go to the premiere, like you become a well, how Hollywood. How could that r- blow up in someone's right? face? I know. How could this go wrong? So. You know, I was told when I left for for the shoot. Um, this was in May of 2000, uh, 2010, They were like, "Okay, we are." I think it was like six point five million, right? Uh, six point five seven. I'm like, "Fucking healthy. That's a healthy budget for something like this." It gives me enough, especially when you go to like to Spokane. It gives you enough to be able to play with where you're not, you know, killing yourself because you just don't have enough time or the resources. We were able to get uh, Spectral Motion, who did all of Del Toro's. Um, Del Toro's movies, like uh, *Pan's Labyrinth* and uh, and the *Hellboy* movies, you know, they're they're monster geniuses. And I, and I, uh, sorry to name drop here, but I had Del Toro call them on my behalf. So being on that call, and he's like, this fucking cocksucker is fucking crazy, man. You got to fucking work with him." <laughs> and that was it. And They were like, "All right, well, he sounds like a cocksucker, so I guess we're gonna work with him." So we had uh, the the DP from *The Descent* and *Doomsday*, Sam McCurdy. Jeez. Like, I really had like the perfect team to make this movie as good as possible left los angeles and the budget was like 6.5 touch down and it went from 6.5 to 4 and and again like you know you sit there and go rolling with the punches i'll make it work um little did i know later on and, and i found this out because an investor contacted me years later when everything started going down and was like did you know how much you really had you actually had like 1.75 million yeah so, oh, wow. yeah, um, I don't know where that money went. I have no clue. But suddenly, like when I got when we were going through prep, it was like, well, you could have had this or, you know, well, we can't really do a company move. So everything in that movie takes place in one fucking field. And we just had to redress it over and over and over again because wow. we couldn't afford to, to make a company move. And that was you sit there and go, where, where where's the money i thought we had production value there's vans, and we have breakfast burritos like well why can't we go elsewhere and it was it was nuts and um i got so bad i've never, I actually never talked about this so it's it, we're gonna get kind of marini here sorry that's okay um you can get,
4: i get you too you can get uh, <laughs> I, well, I, no, i'll get
3: i'll get nerdisty like plenty of times but this this the, um so when uh when i went out there i was nervous as fuck like i this was to me this was like I had done Wrong Turn two, and you know that that fared really well for me. I didn't expect it to to do as well as it did, and it did. And, and I remember saying to myself, like, all right, I got to step up, you know, like we got to kind of move ahead. I got to find a story that I really want to tell, but also do it in a way that feels like, ah, okay, now we're going from point A to point B in the career, and then I'll I'll be sitting in Kevin Feige's office any day now. <laughs> um, but I was so nervous that I got on Zoloft, right, and. If you're familiar with Zoloft, it's like the, you know, little kind of oval blue pills and you take half of it, you know, and that's usually what's good. Um, When I got there, I was like, fuck it. Why not? It'll just calm my nerves. It'll just help me. Is this an anti-anxiety? Yeah. Okay. And because I really I was having like panic attacks because I felt like everything I've wanted to do this since I was two or three, you know, and to get to this moment this was, I psyched myself out. I totally psyched myself out. I I put so much pressure on myself that never really went out. You know, when everyone's like, oh, let's go hang out. I was like, nope, gotta go inside. I gotta do my shot list. I gotta do my storyboards. I gotta prep, 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 prep. And by doing that, I like took the fun out of it in a way, I guess, you know, it, it just became so nerve wracking to me because I felt like Every single choice I make, I'm going to have to justify for the next 30 years. Mm. Because once you put it on film, it's it. That's it. It's done. It's out there. It's not your movie anymore. So every to me, I go, every moment counts. So I started taking like a little half of Zoloft, you know, once a day, just to kind of get me up and at him and, and good. Midway through production, when shit was just fucking hitting the fan, when, when you shoot in Spokane, no one told us this, but... When you shoot in Spokane, there's a few limitations. Like, for example, when you shoot in the summer and you're making a movie that's set mostly at night, mostly outdoors. Don't shoot a movie in Spokane because – and I love those people (laughs) – but don't shoot a movie where your nighttime consists of 10.30 p.m. to 4 a.m. and that's it. So our call times every day would be 5 o'clock and then we'd wrap at 6. I would block the scene out with the the crew and the cast – and then we would go to lunch for 5 hours. Oh, 5 hours gone. That's money just gone. People waiting around, people playing Xbox in their trailers or whatever Shit. and and I'm sitting there on this field going, I'm going to fucking die. Like and and everything's coming down on me, you know. It was horrible, you know. So my first AD actually kind of figured it all out. We technically had 30 days to shoot it like on paper. We had 30 days to shoot it. All the hours lost, all the time that was you know spent waiting around for 10.30 to happen, and then race to get everything that you were supposed to get in 12 hours and six, we actually had 17 days to shoot that movie. Mm. It was it was heartbreaking. So that half a Zoloft turned into a whole Zoloft, and then that whole Zoloft turned into two Zoloft. And I would actually have them in my pocket just like when the next shitstorm would come and I'd have to put out a fire or whatever. I'd be like, okay, boop. Well, that made everything okay, right? No, it made my – no, it made my – both of my pinkies go numb. Oh, Oh, Jesus Christ. The weirdest thing. Like I sat there and went like,
1: what the – Yeah, that was being sarcastic by the way. Of course it's a terrible thing to have to –
3: But it was just – I thought it would have helped and it made it so much worse. Like it really did. It was like – it was horrible because I couldn't be in the moment because I kind of leveled myself out – and i look back and i go like would i have fought for more things if i was like more not to say that i wasn't on point i got i you know i made my days and i did it but the lack of joy i guess because i sedated myself during that was awful it made me not appreciate the process it made me like
1: forget why i love doing this at least you learned that though and yeah. didn't yeah. repeat that over no and over no no again. i've
3: never uh, like the second that I left Spokane, when we were done,
1: I, I left the bottle in the hotel, and I never took another one. So you, so when you cut the movie together after you took out yeah. all the queefs, did you? Uh, <laughs> di, did you? Thanks, John? <laughs> did you? Um, that gets tee hee <laughs> yeah. Did you? Were you happy or sad or like, fuck, this isn't what I wanted to do? Or it was I... one of those situations
3: where when you're on a production, you'll have the producers go like, don't worry, we'll, we'll, we'll get that later. You know, like, we'll get that insert shot or we'll get that moment when we're back in L.A. We, you know, like we can shoot it on a, a at the time. You know, you could it was just when five D's were starting to be used in, in movies. So they're like, oh, yeah, you know what? We have a five D. We can just shoot that tire or get that shot of the book or whatever. Um, so I left Spokane going like I. I think I got some good stuff. I felt like you know I I got to Spokane going I'm gonna make the next Goonies, and I left saying I think we made Mac and Me. You know, <laughs> no, 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 that's that's that that's not fair. That's not fair. More like the wrong guys. Remember the wrong guys with uh, Richard Lewis and Tim Thomerson. Who oh, played the, the old Cub Scouts. Yes, right. Yeah, there's there's one for the canon. Um, I, I, I left going like okay, I, I I know I have something good. But fuck, I got like hampered every step of the way. Like it was just constant, constant compromise every single day, um, and I just kind of had to deal with it. So we had this amazing editor, Howard Smith, who did um, the Abyss. Uh, he did uh, this. This is fucking nuts. Um, he was the editor on Twilight Zone, the movie. Oh wow! Uh, during the big. Oh. So he was the guy who was t- called at four in the morning. Because he was the one who had to set up the Steenbeck to go through the footage with the FBI. Oh my God! Oh fuck! Yeah, how and, fucked up is and that? And he did.
1: And he did. Uh, he did nights a badass him. And he did nights a badass
3: him. So imagine the awkward moment when I had John Landis come into the edit room and sit there and watch the movie, and I'm like, "This is Howard Smith," and there was this kind of like. Moment between them Oh my god It was oh like
0: What are I got to leave
3: now It was awful You know But Howard was awesome And he you know He was my champion The whole way John Howard Yeah
5: Well let's watch this thing You guys remember <laughs> Vic
3: Morrow No Oh, oh I'm like more
5: uh, affected By that than the Coming blood Oh really Yeah um, But could you Could
3: you imagine Being the guy That's oh. gotta go through This raw footage And I've seen it you know, like years Yeah I've seen ago, it too was, yeah. And yeah. it's It's, it's flower, the worst You know. Flower. But oh, right Like yeah. And you know, and I've become friends with with John, and uh, you know, it, it's something that you know he's got to live with every day of his life for the rest of his life. Like there are people in this town who will not work with him because they call him a murderer. I'm like, that happened in '87. He was, you know, he was cleared of the crime, but the people will not forget it. You
5: know, um, well, so anyway, isn't that,
4: when, isn't that when around the same time, like, uh, Spielberg kind of backed off from him? Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, yeah. Like yeah. when that happened, it yeah. was just like.
5: Spielberg. They, there's a, the, the rumor is that Spielberg was on set when that happened. Yeah, yeah.
3: The rumor yeah. was, was that was the second it happened, immediately. he was
4: shoved into a limo, and that was the last that anybody had seen of him. You know. Yeah. Um,
5: and Landis had
3: to
4: kind of take the brunt of it. Uh, so anyway is there a weird thing Where like Joe Dante Defended Landis And then like uh, That's when Spielberg Stopped working with Joe yeah. Dante as well
3: Well no that, that can't be though Because Gremlins Was like right after that oh, Was that so, right after that yeah.
4: oh, Okay sorry I So that maybe meant... You know um, Well let's just say That Spielberg Has not been to any Of the
3: Masters of Horror dinners <laughs> Yeah <laughs> <of course. laughs> Weirdly enough Vim Vendors And Michael Mann have oh, But ah. and Spielberg Weirdly enough um, So anyway So we're, we're in the post process Everything's going great uh, the, the script for Everly Got on the blacklist So I was like Woohoo Guns are blazing and then, um, and then one day, the day, uh, everything that I do in my life is it all comes down to the release dates of movies. You name a movie, I could probably like name the release date. So, battle, uh, what was it? Battle L.A. came out on March 11th of 2011, and I remember going like, "Ooh, I can't wait!" Because the Super Bowl ad was fucking great. Everybody was psyched for it. And then uh, we went into the edit. And we were all going to go to the movies right after. And then we got the call like, "Yeah, we're shutting down the edit." I'm like okay, is everything all right? oh yeah, yeah, we're just you know we're we're just looking to you know find some funds elsewhere to keep you guys going and uh and okay, how long well, you know we'll we'll let you know, and I just knew from there that it would like. Things were going rotten in Denmark. So I remember sitting in Battle LA at the Dome, like, practically crying. Like, it's over. Somebody thought that I was crying because of the movie. I'm like, it's not the movie. I swear. It's not. And that's not how Santa Monica's laid out. (laughs) I don't know where they are. Um, And then, you know, one, one or two weeks turned into one or two months. And then two months turned into four. And then... Of just uh, nothing of nothing we you're not hearing from anyone, radio silence until June of like it was so fo- like three or four months of nothing, and then I had said from the beginning when we were uh, shooting, you know because we lost Danny summer. I think Ryan as well for like a whole weekend because of Comic-Con and my producers like, what the fuck? You know, they weren't really as like, at least one of them was, didn't really know about Comic-Con. I'm like, dude, no, this is good. Let them go to Comic-Con. Like you need to, this is a comic. I even said like, this is a Comic-Con movie. Like this is a movie that we're making that is going to hopefully, you know, touch the, you know, the hearts of that kind of crowd because that's us, that's me, you know, and this is good for us, you know, like let them go. And then, you know, say like May or something like that. Comic Con came to us and said like, "Oh, we heard about this movie. Um, you know, are you guys interested in promoting it there?" And then I reached out again, like, uh, "Yes, like definitely." And then shockingly, who would have thought we got Hall H on Saturday afternoon?
1: That's crazy. Wow. Like that's that's as big as it gets, right? It is um, the biggest hall. I mean, just for I'm, I would assume people know if they listen to the podcast, but it is it is basically. Prime time, center stage, biggest seven thousand people,
4: like a football field. Yeah. You know,
1: the, the biggest, the yeah. biggest movies, the yep. biggest television shows, like the biggest a list, everything. everything. Hall
3: H. That that's where everybody goes, and you know, thankfully, I personally called all the cast and said, "Look, you know, if you're most of them were actually going to Comic Con, you know, so Dinklage was there for Game of Thrones, and uh, and Ryan was there for True Blood, and Summer was there, I think for Terminator at the time, or like something. Right, at, Summer was just going because she's Summer Lao, you know, yeah. she she's she's set. Um, but we had like most of the cast there, and they're like, Yeah, we would love to come. So, because we had the cast and, you know, because of the nature of the movie, they were like, Yeah, we'll give you. I think it was, we were in between The Immortals and Snow White and the Huntsman. Mm. Now, again, who the fuck were we? You know, Knight's of badass, and what the hell is that? Um, but it was still, it was either people who were, I think, waiting for, still reeling from that Twixt movie that, that Coppola did where they made everybody wear the Poe faces, you know, so there's a bunch of. So weird to walk around Hall H and looking and you're stepping on Edgar Allan Poe's face, you know. <laughs> it's really strange. Only in Comic-Con. Um so so they were reeling from that but then either they were, you know, waiting cuz you know how people like wait all day, yeah, you know, for yeah, like the end. So we had a bunch of people who were waiting there or they're big Tarsum fans cuz of the Immortals or Snow White was which everybody was exp- excited for. And then uh and and then we we did the panel and I had, I had been I'd gone to Hall H as a fan. I had got, gone to Hall H as, you know, for for G4 before. Um so I knew full well what it's like to be in Hall H, just not from that perspective. Right. So I, I don't know why, but like when, um, when I was shooting the movie, the props master gave me a, like, a real like LARPing sword, like one that's like sanctioned by LARP. You know, they, they have like physical people who sit there and go like, this is, this is good. Okay, moving on. Physical people is um, my favorite 80s band. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so this was an authentic LARPing sword that I named after my grandmother, Edith, right? So uh, I brought it with me to Comic-Con and the, the LARPing uh, alliance that was down there, they all went down there. We had real LARPers in the movie who came from California, um, Budapest, uh, Florida, New York, Canada. They were just like, you're making a LARP movie? See you there. And, they, and the people just stayed for free. So all those same people were like, of course we're going to go to Comic-Con. So they set up this big LARPing thing outside. Wow. They, they brought in like, uh, a, like a whole faction and did this thing like right before. It was per- perfect, you know. And, uh, and I went out there and I had the sword like in a sheath behind me. And I was the first one out. And when I walked out and you look at 7,000 people at you, you know, it, it's – it's fucking daunting, you know, but I said, fuck it, why not? So, um, so we all had a great time on there, even though I think uh, Margarita Laviva, who, who was also in um, the last Bond film too, she was in the film and she spoiled Dinklage's death. Like, like during the panel, she's like, oh yeah, like you don't make it long, you know, you don't last long in the movie. And the whole place went, oh! Um, no, and Dinklage is just like what are you gonna do? You know. Um, so at the end of the at the end of the panel, and I just, I just sat there. It was just reeling because it felt like that moment in Rocky where he gets up to the steps and he's bouncing around, and then they freeze frame. You know, like that to me was my Rocky freeze frame. So I was like, I'm taking this moment. Fuck it. So I grabbed the sword, pull it out, and I just went huzzah. Seven thousand people said huzzah back. Wow. Yes. And really, it was like. And then, so yeah. <laughs> and then I
0: was frozen in time.
3: Yeah. And then I was <laughs> frozen in time for another year. Almost. Oh. It was that moment where I was like, and that was that was where it. I shouldn't say it all went downhill, but that was the the last like great moment for that for me at least. Because right after that, uh, I was in the sitcom with uh, another filmmaker, Adam Green, who I do a podcast with. This show called Holliston. It's a horror comedy sitcom. Don't ask. Uh, it's 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 nuts. But we were Dees starting. Snyder lives in the closet. No, no, is Odorous Urungus. <laughs> That's right, oh, That's right. Oh, yeah. the, late, oh, yeah. the late the late great R-I-P. Odorous Urungus. Uh, D. Snyder Later. played our androgynous boss We can't tell if he's a guy or he's a girl He's amazing um, Which is
5: why I said he lives in the closet <laughs>
3: <laughs> Fucking point taken So my god we have two characters that, that live in the he closet said it? He is <laughs> not why he said it I'm going to give you points for that very Points, Thank you very get points. <laughs> I'll take that as points, I give
1: points. You don't get points What are you doing uh, Vicarious uh, points uh, I I know give, Dude
3: you started that Because now that's all I do I walk around and like my kid will like Hey look I wipe my ass Points I was, like, Thank you I do that with these guys <laughs> I uh, give them points for wiping their ass. So I anyway, never so any points. Uh, you never wipe your ass. <laughs> so after that, you know, speaking of wiping asses, um so after that it like I, I went off and did a Holliston, and I met with the head of the company again. He's like, "So uh, we fired those old producers who I had a perfectly good time with. They were they were cool. They were on my side. We're like, so we got rid of those guys, and we're going to bring it back to your vision. You know, we, we had some restructuring. We got the money back. We got some money. So um, what we're going to do is we hired this new producer and uh, a new editor, and we're going to just we're going to start on it. We have all your notes, and I'm sitting there going like, fuck, cool, all right, and, you know, Let's see what happens.'" Um, that was in September and they was like six weeks, six weeks, and then we'll have you in for at least two weeks and we'll work on it together. It'll be great. Six weeks turned, turned into like three months. And then I got a call, uh, December 13th or whatever that year. And they're like, we want you to come in and see the cut.
1: Oh, I'm like, uh, but I don't remember being doing that.
3: Exactly. Mm -hmm. I don't remember being in there for two weeks, but, uh, okay. You know, no, no, no. We just wanted to show you and then we'll work on it. Right. So uh, it was actually like right around here. Uh, they, they had a screening room and I went in and now my cut was 97 minutes, right? And we really cut it down to the bone, like as, as, as tight as you could possibly make a movie like that. Um, I went in, sat down, and then all of a sudden all these investors showed up, you know, like people that I knew because I'd seen them in like testimonial videos going like, I'm going to be in Hollywood. I'm just curious. Here, here's, here's a million dollars. Um, and they're all sitting down oh and we watched God. the movie. 97 minutes turned into 71 minutes. Oh. Yeah. And it was a complete recut. Like, th- there was a, a big explanation in the beginning, like this big voiceover uh, explanation, like, in a time, in a world, there was a book, the sigil of mammoth, and blah, blah, blah. Um, it felt like the, uh, the opening of, like, Army of Darkness. Yeah. You know? yeah. which, which, Army of Darkness is such an influential movie to that, or at least it was, but it felt like, whoever was recutting it went like, okay, what are all the movies that we probably got influenced for this? Okay, let's watch all of those and do exactly what those did. They, they cut out a, a 10 minute ending because the owner of the company said he didn't like the, the lead character's dress. <laughs> no, seriously. Didn't like when we showed, yeah. when we showed the movie, he kept talking about this fucking dress. Yeah. I don't know why like that. I don't, I don't agree with that choice. I'm like, look, it's a dress. Like it doesn't like in the grand scheme of things, if the, there is a palp, a palatable arc, and the characters all feel like you know everything's resolved. Everybody walks away. Believe me, there's half half the movies I I watch. I don't like what they're wearing. It doesn't matter. It's as long as the story is <laughs> told. So, uh, but then all of a sudden, that ten minute ending turned into an Animal House end crawl where it's like Joe and Beth ended uh. up together.
1: Gunther's still
3: in game. Uh, Hung is is waiting in the wings in the you know in the the, the mountains of madness. It's, it was so they just, such... they just
1: wrote they wrote stuff
3: for the oh yeah like the, there was a pa system that kind of courses throughout the film where it's like you know uh hear ye, hear ye. the you know the uh the, the wise person wearing the uh the foam the, the foam armor should be going and closing the door of uh of their, car. their lights are on the buick the buick in, in this field has their lights on really dumb shit um they found a great opportunity to keep adding more stuff. So half the movie now has this weird narrator on the PA that is like explaining the movie to everyone. So at that point, are you, do you say like, so are we going to go talk about this or that? I went like when the movie was over, I turn around and go, well, that's a start. (laughs) That's a, that's a direction. Like, no, 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 that we're, we're really happy with this cut. Like we want to go out with this. Like, and the first thing that came out of my mouth was you can't release a 71 minute movie. You just can't. That's a that's a short. That's a featurette. If if I saw this uh, looked on the DVD box or you know looked at the listing and said 71 minutes long, yeah, I'm not watching that movie, mm-hmm. you know. And I just said, "Okay, that's fine, you know, but let's let me like you promised, let me get back in there and let's let's work on it together." You know, it, it's cuz when you're in the edit process, especially when it's not your money, it's a compromise, you know. You you kind of have to make people happy or complacent, but you have to make yourself happy. My biggest fault when I look back at that movie was I was trying to make everybody else happy but myself because I wanted to make a day, you know, or I wanted to, I thought like, oh, I should just pick my battles because I really want this little thing, but I won't fight about that thing, you know, that, that edit that they like or that scene that they cut or put back in. And I was like, All right, look, I'm willing to, to work with you guys. It's totally cool. Um, they're like, okay, no, no problem, no problem didn't hear from them for another month and a half and then i I called them up like i i I do recall you saying and i have this email that says that i was going to be in there for two weeks yeah that's not going to happen okay so i don't get any time well maybe we'll make room for you on uh tuesday so you're giving me one day to sit down with this movie that i'm sorry i'm going to say it right now is a fucking mess to, to try to fix the movie yeah sure so I, I drive up to the valley, I go in, and the producer was not there, the uh, actual editor was not there, it was the assistant editor. Uh, I I didn't know this at the time, I'm like, hey buddy, how's it going, so how many features have you worked on? He's like, none. I'm like, oh, this is going to go swell. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm like, so are you, he's like, oh, I'm the, I'm the assistant, I'm just here to, you know, to help facilitate what you want. I'm like, oh, okay, I, I guess. Uh, so we start going through the notes, and... I realized quickly, like, by lunch, I'm like, this is not going to happen. Like, nothing. This is not working out. So I, I just asked the guy. I'm like, are you even going to save the project when I leave here? He goes, no.
4: Oh. Yeah. That's... Like, as a dick mover, or as,
3: like, being honest with you? No, no. He was just being honest. He was totally yeah. – he he felt bad for me. He was like, yeah. I'm really sorry, man, because, like – So
1: what they put out was basically –
3: So essentially what they – they ended up getting the movie to, I think, like, 87 minutes, you know. Um, But it was still – it just – it's heartbreaking. And is your name still on the movie? Now, that's where it gets tricky. Yes, my name is on there because at the time, because uh, I'm with the DGA, so the DGA states that you, you know you can't kick a director off, but the Alan Smithy you know, rule is gone now. You're not allowed to do Alan Smithy as easily as it was you know, back in the day where I'm like, I just directed Birds 2, and it sucks.
4: So that's the first time I saw Alan Smith That was it. the first time I saw it too, yeah, right? Yeah. Lands and, end. Birds uh, 2 lands
3: end. Yeah. It was a Showtime movie. Um, But, you know, like, for anybody who doesn't know, Alan Smithy is the name that that you put on a movie. It's a fake name. Yeah, it's a fake name. name It's a pseudonym. Uh, But but that became, like, in the late 90s, that everybody knew what Alan Smithy was, so they kind of retired it. Now, if you want to take your name off of a movie, what you have to do is you have to put an appeal out. Um, The appeals board looks at it. Uh, It's a three-stage process, but the final stage of it, which is... I don't understand why they even do this. But the third stage is, is that you have to go before like a jury of your peers mostly, but you have, it has to be an, an, uh, a unanimous vote saying that you can take your name off it. Now, if you take your name off of it, you're losing residuals. Like you lose everything. Like, so I got paid okay on the movie, but I was really hoping that residuals would keep me through the dark times. You know, like when I did wrong turn two, I got paid scale, but I still get checks today for that movie. You know? So I was thinking like, okay, I should fight for this because I still care about the movie. There's still elements of me in it. I just, you know, I'm not going to put myself out there as passionately to tell people to go see it um, like I wanted to. But if it's out out there and it sells, in the end, it's okay. But the third part of that appeal is that you have to go before this board. It has to be unanimous vote. But there has to be a representative from the production company there as well. And they have to vote yes. If they vote no, it's over. So uh, everybody in that whole uh, directing team, like that whole the whole star chamber, that all says like yay, yay, yay. You'll have that one asshole from the production company. He's like yay, and that's it. It's over. Uh, you know. So so I just said fuck it. I, you know, keep my name on it, but there, there's nothing I can do. It's crazy to have your name on something that you didn't
1: really make. That like, like in that, the that, end, that, that can you know. I mean. I think you I think you'd have to do something pretty terrible to like ruin your career, but I'm sure in your mind you're like well well i I guess this d- didn't wasn't fun, didn't go well, and is gonna hurt me now
3: well because everybody you know it's that old feeling that you know you're only good as good as your last movie, you know so you so everything counts you know you have to make sure that whatever you're making it you know it's a critical success and it makes a lot of money because that's gonna propel you to the next project right so You know, it was just a constant back and forth. And then these investors started getting in touch with me and they're like, dude, those people that made that movie total shenanigans, like they, they're a bunch of crooks and they didn't tell you what they were supposed to like. They didn't tell you the whole story and they, you know, kind of laid it all out. And I go, look, I'm contractually bound at the time to, I can't really go out there and be like, no, this is an outrage. Join me nerds. You know, it wasn't going to happen. Um, so I, I tried to keep, uh, keep a little quiet, and then I found out that they were doing a fire sale with the movie because no one was going to buy it. Like, it, it, there was such a stink on the movie at this point because it was, like, a year and a half, and I wasn't talking about it anymore, and everyone was like, what's going on with this movie? It was in Comic-Con, like, a year ago. Why isn't it out now? So people started asking questions. Um, so then there was this kind of fire sale where they have all these distributors come in and, you know, watch your movie – and I found this out, and a lot of the investors were like, dude, I can't wait to see your movie. Oh, my God, look, I'm going just for you. And I'm like, no, 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 like this is bad news. It was like offending me that they were using you know, both my fans to get the word out. And uh, it hurt me. So what I did was, without going into like pure slander, uh, I took a picture of, um, of a paper cut. It was a, a, a thumb with a paper cut that I found on the Internet. I put it on Instagram. And hashtag not my cut <laughs> within an hour it was a news piece like it was on slash film it was on badass digest it was on ain 't it cool like people saying like "What the fuck is this with this not my cut thing you know and it really it, it like became a news piece so that by Tuesday when they screened the movie um a bunch of people were in the theater and they went, give Joe's cut back. It was like, Holy shit. My God. Like I didn't expect that at all. Um, but it did get sold. It got sold to E1 and, um, you know, and they were going to put it out with me or without me, you know, and whatever, that's fine. Um, but, I knew that there was nothing that was going to take, nothing was going to get me to endorse the movie at that time. I was like, no, I'm an auteur. I'm not going to go out there and, and shill a, a, a lesser version of what I wanted because look, when you, you know what it's like when you go out there and you're addressing 7,000 people and you tell them you genuinely love this movie. You know? And I've done this now twice. Uh, it's probably burned me both times if anything, where I go, look, I'm like, and at, at that time when, I, when we did Comic-Con, I was still in, you know, the, I still had the idea that well, we just ran out of money, but the cut's fine. I didn't know that they were going to recut at all. So I was like, we're going to do it. We're, we got this. Someday you're going to see this, and I guarantee you're going to love it. You know, or at least you'll like it. Uh, or at least you'll like Dinklage. <laughs> um, but now, here's this, this thing that I just despise. Like, I, I, I've only watched it twice. And the, the first time that I watched it was that day, and the second time, I, like, my agents were like, I, we got to see this thing. I'm like, okay. We went there, and, they, and when it was over, they turned around and went and when your agents do that you're just like ah oh, fuck me you know because n- now I have to make them work seriously that's what it is it's like if, you ha- if you're you know the director of Whiplash and you make Whiplash you're kind of doing the job for your reps because all I <laughs> have to do is be like I got the Whiplash guy right and that's it as, as opposed to yeah you know that movie Nights of Badass yeah yeah and then they got to go into a whole spiel and then be like no no but it wasn't like that he did do guy, it the guy really knows what he's doing um so, you know, the word got out that we had this kind of stinky movie or whatever, and, and I just tried to distance myself from it. So, weirdly enough, um, the movie comes out. It came out last year uh, on VOD and then went on, on Blu-ray. And, and again, I just tried to just not shit on the movie because who am I? Like, once, once the movie goes out there, it's not mine anymore. Um, I just tried to just keep a safe distance and not sit there like I am now with Everly. We're going like, see this movie hashtag, hashtag retweet, retweet, just get it all out there. I just didn't do it. Um, We started a podcast. um, Adam Green and I started this podcast two years ago called the movie crypt, which kind of was an offshoot of Halston. Didn't expect this. We were going to just do it for 10 weeks just to promote the show. And that was it. Suddenly the, the people we did it at geek nation and suddenly they go, well, you have 125,000 listeners now every week. You should probably keep going. <laughs> and we're like, fuck it. Why not? So every Friday we've been doing it for two years now. We just had Nicotero on last week. He says hi, by the way. Excellent. <laughs> um, but, you know, now like James Gunn was just on. Henry Rollins was just on. Like, but the, the idea behind the podcast is that it's for creative people to just come in and just kind of talk shop. That's it. You know, if you want to vent, great. If you don't, if you want to geek out, totally fine. We, we used you guys as a model. Mm-hmm. I, I, oh, please, Of, of course. So, so uh,
4: time will be models, guys. <laughs> Yay! Yay,
3: Jesus. <laughs> so, we had uh, Don Coscarelli on, uh, the, the great Don Coscarelli, dude. Phantasm, Bubba Hotep. Uh, he had just uh, done John Dies at the End. And uh, I, I mean, I've been a fan of his because of Beastmaster. It wasn't, it wasn't nah. Phantasm, it was motherfucking Beastmaster. <laughs> so, that, that was my gateway drug to Don Coscarelli because after that, I'm and like, and Singer. And Mark Singer and, and Rip Torn and Ferrets. Like, it had that movie's that movie that movie's got everything. Ferrets, Rip Torn, you know. It, it was such a seminal movie for me because I had seen it at the drive-in. It was one of those few drive-in movies where it was so either good, bad, or bad, good that your parents actually said, let's stay for the next one. Like, so we watched that. I think it was Black Hole – and then watch Beastmaster again. Like, that, that's how fucking great that night was. Um, so, you know, and then, and then it's on HBO every other day because the only two movies that they played on HBO at the time was Brainstorm and Beastmaster, you know, yeah. and, and Wimbledon. So Don's on, and at some point, Beastmaster came up. And both of us turned into 10 year old kids, like, oh my God, Beastmaster is my favorite movie. And we watched his face kind of sour, like his face twisted and everything. He's just like, mm, like he didn't want to talk about it. And of course, I'm like, Don, what, what's going on? He goes, I hate that fucking movie. I'm like, why? He goes, because they took the cut away from it. Oh. And And immediately. I put a post in Variety
4: of a picture of a paper cut. Go, <laughs> so I, cut. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I put pounds. <laughs> out, not my cut. I put, I I had, put it, I put the it on the, the, the report. It cost Make me $7,000. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Instagram is a lot
3: cheaper these days. <laughs> um, but it quickly changed my perspective on the movie immediately. Like, right from there, I go, I can't shit talk that movie because there are there's a lot and, and this is true there's a lot of people who like that movie, you know, that don't know about the controversy, don't know controversy, don't know about me or any of the drama that happened. They just watched it on Redbox or Netflix or Xanax. Know, or or Xanax <laughs> or, or Zola. Bit or BitTorrent <laughs> and their pinkies got numb. <laughs> and they just saw it at face value and they enjoyed it, you know, for what it is. Now, is it the thing that I wanted it to be? No, but who the fuck at the end of the day who cares? Well,
1: as we're sort of winding this down, how did just give a little bit of uh about Everly? It might and, as well. And you might I as mean, well you're here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you might as well. This was supposed to happen movie. 3
3: years ago in in my bucket list time. You know, I was like, <laughs> I'm going to make nights, I'm going to hang out with the nerdist guys. It's <laughs> all going to work out. Technically,
1: you did do those yeah. things. It just yeah. took Three more years to do it, yeah. you know? yeah. And we're also uh, gonna have to re-edit this podcast yeah. where you're mostly out of it. So okay, good. That, that's probably you'll, for the you'll best. You'll have a couple, minutes, and then you can so... you can use the you can use the thumb again. <laughs> not my <laughs> yeah. cut. Not my cut. Nerdist podcast. podcast.
3: Not my Nerds. cut. Perfect. Um, uh, yeah. So, so as Everly, an intro so you to it, it.
4: as an intro to Everly, uh, Deanna and I and Emily and Kumail all went to Fantastic Fest, and uh, we got to see Everly, which was uh, which was awesome. It was the best movie to see, uh, like not knowing because yeah. I didn't. Like, it's like, I know you sent me the trailer, but I was like, mm-hmm. I knew I was going to be seeing at Fantastic Fest, and I, so I didn't want to watch the trailer. Because it's also, that's the best part about Fantastic Fest, is just seeing everything cool. Yeah, you just, yeah. You,
3: the, the colder you can go into, and have you been to Fantastic Fest before?
4: I've, that's the one
3: Austin
1: festival I've uh, not yeah. been
4: to. <laughs> I've been to fucking every other. Festival, it's the best. Uh, it's the, the best. It's the I know, best. I know. No movies. I know you've been. Movies, 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 movies. That's all. It's like there's no. And you're
1: wearing the Alamo Draft
4: House. Yes, so I, uh, I am. Sure like sure that's right all. Now.
3: Well, that's all. I, I only wear Alamo Draft House shirts. At the, but at it's this it's point.
4: such it's such a great festival, just because it really is. It's like there's no like. Parties, it's like it's like everyone's gonna be. Well, I'll probably just stick around, do some around town, then go to the party. Like, there's really no, no sanctioned. They parties. have the the highball next door. That is the party. The bar, there's like the bar connected to the place. When I mean, you actually have to go watch the thing that yeah, people exactly. made. Oh, I wish it <laughs> <they> would <laughs> show crazy. <the laughs> yeah, it would be nice. Um, if it's but true. Uh, but yeah, so it's a fantastic festival, and then like getting to see your movie with a whole huge crowd, and like and just people just like you know applause breaks for some of the stuff in this movie. Uh, it, was, it was so fun. It's like it's a good party movie. I like like cheap thrills or you know any kind of one of those movies where it's like. Get a, like a group of friends together to see it because it's just like it's like a, just this like fucking awesome party movie. It's a feel good movie. We rec- It is not a feel good movie. <laughs> it's, it,
2: it is. It
4: is a. Fi- it's the feel
3: bad hit of January slash February. The post I Oscar like season. Come on. Well, was, thank you. It was fun. Um, but yeah, the uh, the movie is called Everly. It stars Salma Hayek, and uh, it is. I've been using. I don't know why. Like at when we were at Comic Con because I went back to Comic Con and they they put us Paul H Saturday afternoon. But I'm sure that was because it was Salma Hayek was going to be there, which was it was her first Comic Con. Uh, when she when we were backstage, she's like, "Baby, go out and see how many people are there," you know. And I can't remember who was right before us, but I went out there and there's seven thousand people just waiting there patiently for for us to start. And I go back there, I'm like, "Yeah, it's about a." I was trying to be nice. I'm like 5, 6,500 people. Oh the Osmeo! Like she, she did not. She didn't expect the the, the craziness that was Comic Con. She just probably thought it was like a junket and realized that it is the craziest junket of all time. Right. You know. Um. But stars Salma Hayek as a woman who is trapped in an apartment. Uh, her yakuza, you know, in, in boss slash slave uh, keeper slash lover in a way. Uh, this guy named Tycho, um, he finds out that she's an informant and decides to send everybody to go get her. Like, I keep thinking of that moment in, in The Professional where Gary Oldman says, like,
0: everyone! <laughs>
3: That's essentially what he's doing. Um, so the movie takes place over the course of one night, and it's all, it all takes place in this one room, and we kind of went like Dogma 95 a little bit by actually having a rule saying... If she's in the room, or even if, if at po- points when she's not, the camera can never leave the rooms to give you that sense of claustrophobia, and also, spoiler alert, she makes it out. Uh, but to give you that catharsis when you know the, you know the, the climax happens, just so that the audience can take that that breath of fresh air. But it also it allowed us to be um, just. Those parameters helped us be more creative with the visuals. You know, instead of just being like, "Okay, master, you know, shot, shot, get, all, get all the angles to get this fight scene," we would let scenes play out in wonners, You know, not quite Birdman wonners but. Dynamic enough wonders That you don't normally see In an action movie Where uh, is, this, is this Did the movie come out? The movie is out on VOD now It was just at the drive-in Tonight oh, is oh. actually The last night That it's playing at the drive-in So Radius Who put out Snowpiercer And Horns And uh, and Citizen 4 And everything They bought the movie But they were like Look we're, we're going to put it out On VOD first And then we'll do theaters I'm like okay Well that's, that's the new way you know. As, as, as long as we do theaters That would be great Because I, I shot the movie Super wide you know, To be on a
5: big screen And everything Did you get a print of it? You got a print? On film. Mm.
3: Uh film? No, but I'm working on that. Uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm working on that. I'm not going to
5: show it at the new BAV. It's going to be on 35 mil. Let's yeah. just say
3: this. I'm working on that. All right, Ooh. Wink 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 okay. uh, because The thing is though It's like you know uh, Adam my, my partner Has like these film cans Like oh man Just hauling out this You know copy of uh, Hatchet 2 In these big fucking crates And I'm like Oh here's my DCP For, for <laughs> Everly
0: <laughs> All this hard work Here it is Boom there it is yeah. oh, there's my work. hard work Ta da But yeah. you got
1: to make The movie you wanted You got to You, you came back from
3: What was Kind of
1: a bummer experience
3: the, the, <laughs> Dude the worst it, Like those are Those are moments that I've talked to other filmmakers and they're like, dude, I would have quit. That's yeah, been- a bad answer. Pretty much
4: syphilis on your face. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I, I got <laughs> I a big was the color correction. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well put, Thank sir. Thank you.
1: You know, my. uh <laughs> this is a good uh, setup, too, so you want to know. You
4: a, might want to uh, give it back where <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's.
1: It's kind of
5: a Sometimes of- an alley
4: has it needs an alley. <laughs> <and then> they- <laughs> you just
5: try to get your uh, triple double up, huh, Jonas?
1: My. <laughs> 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 There's sort of this thing that uh, our the guy that makes us lift heavy things in a in a gym. Uh, he Tom says J. Uh, Tom J. Daters, who has a new podcast that's really good. But he, um, you know, there are moments where you kind of go until you can't do something anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like you go to failure. It's like oh, you get to failure. Doesn't matter how many do you, you get to failure, and then everything you do after that. He was like. This is where the growth happens. Mm-hmm. It's not coming in and feeling amazing and everything's perfect and the weather's perfect. And, it, you know, like you just you, – you knock everything off the charts. It was like the moments of growth happen when <laughs> you're basically on your ass. Yeah, it's and true And so though. had your first film gone – Brilliantly, you may not have learned as much, you may not have appreciated as much. I'm sure you would have preferred that "Badassdom" had been, you know, everything you wanted to be. Well, my first film actually was a success: "Wrong, yeah, turn, wrong two, turn 2, "Dead End,"
3: but but it was this, But I, I was like, can't let the sophomore slump happen, because like, that you learn that in film school. Like people talk about that, like oh, remember the Hughes brothers, you know, Menace to Society dead presidents you know like it was there were so many people who talked about the the sophomore slump so that's that's another reason why I was like psyching myself out going no sophomore slump no sophomore slump so just really quickly
1: in one bite-sized chunk what did you what did you learn and what did you take away and and how did you make it work this time? for for better or for worse
3: I learned to trust myself you know because in nights I was trying so hard to please everybody else and and You never watch a movie and say, wow, they really made their day. (laughs) Never. (laughs) You you never sit there and go like, my God, they really maximized those 12 hours like a boss. And that was in Spokane, and you can't shoot between (laughs) certain hours. No, 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 no. So –
5: Hey, come take a look at this movie. They shot Spokane. It's uh, mostly dark. uh, (laughs) It's mostly done. done.
4: (laughs) It was was mostly finished. I just saw this amazing movie. It came in under budget. It was incredible. But that's the the thing. thing. No No one one does He had six
1: and three quarters, but he only had 1.7. You know what does kill me, though, about movies
5: sometimes is the uh, overuse of uh, shooting day for night. Oh, When I there are that hard shit. shadows, oh, I worst. hate it. I hate yeah. it. Or, or don't wet or watch dry. the mummy. Don't watch the mummy. Ooh, the, which way? The reboot one? The original? The mummy? Well, I mean, the nineteen ninety six mummy. Can you believe that you just said the I original can, mummy with the Brendan Fraser I version? I can't <laughs> believe that. Jesus I did that. Christ. There was one Knock before everything. that.
3: Yeah, really, uh, yeah. it was black and white, but I'm sure no one. That's Steven that Summers. He sure likes daylight. Well, uh, but anyway, so so the thing that I learned from that was to just trust myself and just to, to, to take a moment, like on Everly, every day there was so many complications, there was so much, you know, on, on a production, it's a stressful situation, so I, it would be me just saying, what do I want? You know, what, 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 what do I want in this moment? You know, and then following my heart, you know, and again, uh, there are people who hate this movie but when i read those bad reviews because and i like reading the bad reviews i I like reading all the reviews because i'm having a dialogue with a person i i made this movie and put it out there they watched it and they're giving it back whether it's good or bad it's an opinion whatever i'll just hang out with the people who like the movie um (laughs) but it, it was it was those things that like there's some hard shit in this movie and and it's a tonal roller coaster you're you're cringing at one moment and laughing at the next but that's life So I just kind of went with it, you know, and I, I just, I just went with it in a way that made me happy and, and I, I can watch this movie like they, they showed it last night and I can sit there and I can watch it and that to me is a testament. It's not an ego thing. It just means that I, I can't really watch any of my own stuff, but I can sit there and go. I, I I did write by the story, by the character, and whether you like it or not, you know, maybe
1: then just means we won't hang out. So, what is your Twitter handle that people can say hi to you? Uh, at the Joe Lynch, nice at and the easy. Joe Lynch. At the Joe Lynch. L-Y-N-C-H. There's, a, there's a lot of Joe Lynches out there, but you're not the only one.
3: The, the, you the, Irish bastard.
1: Would you uh, Would you like to do the ceremonial um, sign off? Oh man, do, really? Yeah.
3: <laughs> I wish. I really
1: do wish I had a fucking burrito right now.
3: <laughs> God damn it. Uh yes I can and uh everybody enjoy
1: your burrito. That was nice, Joe that was Lynch. A Nice one.
3: Uh, yeah but there's always, you know, like you always have this like velvety en- uh, exit when you like enjoy your burrito oh, everybody. Yeah. It, it, it's,
4: it it's, fall it's asleep at the microphone. Enjoy. Oh, is that
3: what it is?
5: But Chris know. does Chris does do this thing sometimes where I mean, it's not when he's tired but it's when he's like just listening where he just starts going I that's what that was, bumping his you know nose. Why?
1: You know why? Because these <laughs> <You just> little <laughs> fluffy windscreens are so—they're n- they're like Muppet noses. We, that's what we have to tell the people You're when they come into wins. the when we tell You're people come into into
0: the nose. podcast. We
3: we're like, you have to blow the Muppet, <laughs> <laughs> and immediately, like, you'd sit there and be like, Jordan. It was, uh, we had Jordan Peel on a couple like a couple months ago, and we we're like, just blow them up, and he's like, you got a
4: baby. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I got that covered. I just like the way it feels my it's so soft and kind All right, start the hammer.
2: Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your
0: burrito. Hey, grown-ups. The Cat in the Hat cast is a new podcast from Wondery, perfect for the whole family. Join the Cat in the Hat and your favorite Dr. Seuss characters as they get whisked away on a new adventure every week. Fish dreams of creating his very own polite and quiet podcast. That is, until he gets a surprise visit to his fishbowl podcast studio from the cat in the hat himself. And it becomes very clear that the cat has other plans for the podcast. And those plans are the opposite of quiet.